At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Hornets. Rob Longo with you today following Charlotte's 99-94 to loss in Philadelphia last night. Unfortunately, Hornets do go 0-5 in the preseason, but hey, the good news, it's a preseason. Doesn't matter a whole lot. There were certainly a lot of good flashes in this one. We'll talk about that, plus we have an injury update on LaMelo Ball, and we'll get into some of the other rankings on how people view the Hornets elsewhere around the league. There was a league pass rankings story that just came out on ESPN. We'll talk about that as well and get all riled up about that one as well. And helping me out on this endeavor today is the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley. Sam, first and foremost, thank you for joining me on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Let's go ahead and just jump right into it with a little bit of a recap of the game. Hornets got off to a pretty solid start. Everybody that you would expect to play for Charlotte did in fact end up playing. You had Kelly Oubre who was kind of 50-50 before the game. He ended up starting. You also had Mason Plumley, who was kind of in limbo. He sat out the rest of the second half on Monday's game. He ended up starting. So you're starting five today. Terry Rozier, Jalen McDaniels, Kelly Oubre, Gordon Hayward, and Mason Plumley. All of the big stars played meaningful minutes for the 76ers as well. That includes, of course, guys like newly acquired P.J. Tucker, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden. They all played a significant amount of minutes, especially in the first half. Joel Embiid had 11 points in the first quarter, and the Hornets and the Sixers were tied at 27 going into the second quarter, and then Charlotte was able to use a 17-7 extended run from the first quarter into the second quarter to take a 29-21 advantage in the second frame and lead it by eight going into the locker room. Embiid played a little bit into the third quarter, finishes with what ended up being a game-high 19 points. On the other side, though, Gordon Hayward finishes with a team-high 16 points. Philly had a little bit of a surge there in the third quarter, led it to 70-68, to and then by that point in the fourth frame, it was kind of not quite garbage time, but it was towards the end of the bench time with some of the guys filling things out, and it slipped away a little bit from the Hornets falling 99-94. to A lot to like in this one, Sam. 
couple of things, of course, that could have gone a little bit better for the Hornets, and that's always going to happen when you end up on the losing side of things. But again, preseason doesn't matter a whole lot. So I'll leave it a little open-ended to you. What stood out to you most in last night's game? Well, first, thank you for having me. I think, again, it was very similar to the game against Washington the other night. I thought for the, you know, you play three quarters, you you got most of your rotation in, you saw what you need to see. There's a lot of more sustained, solid basketball. I think if you look at this game, uh, their final preseason game, then you look back at their first one in Boston, which was just over, um, you know, about a week and a half ago. I mean, you, you see real progress, I think. Overall, they shot a lot better. I would guess the 48% shooting was the best of the preseason in the game so far. The ball movement was a lot better. Uh, great to see Gordon Hayward go out there and get his rhythm going a little bit more, his second preseason game. Obviously, great to see Kelly and Cody out there. I thought Cody looked really good, too. So I think for the most part, you know, you saw the three quarters. You, you got what you wanted to get out of this. They still have a long ways to go and still another week to get ready for that regular season opener. And like you said, that fourth quarter, when you start kind of emptying the benches, it becomes a little bit more of a toss-up, too. So uh, a little bit of a bummer they didn't get they didn't finish with a win in the preseason but like you said it doesn't count I think overall I think if you had to kind of nitpick one area of the game last night it would probably be the turnovers Hornets had 24 turnovers leading to 19 Philadelphia points Philly just had 12 leading to eight points the other way too so look at the box score and that was kind of the main reason I think it went in Philly's favor turnovers were certainly an issue last night for the Hornets the three-point shooting had a questionable appearance as well going just seven to 26 beyond the arc but that's been kind of the theme of this preseason a little bit is just not good three-point shooting for the Hornets of course hopefully they're saving them all for the regular season after the game yesterday Steve Clifford mentioned what he thought was the biggest takeaway from last night's game and he said the physicality well, I just told the guys, and they know it, I mean, I know it, is, you know, one of the big knock on us is physicality, right? I mean, well, they do the tough things, and tonight, I think that we showed that we're more than capable. You know, they're big, strong. Our rebounding effort was terrific. Uh, we played with a lot of physicality, and a lot of guys were in there mixing it up, and that's what we're going to have to do. Interesting comments, I thought, Sam, when all things considered, when you play against teams with a lot of size, especially Philadelphia, they like to slow the pace down a little bit because they do have some of those aging stars like a James Harden, like a Joel Embiid, who is you know just not able to get up and down the floor for as big as he is. And the Hornets hung pretty well with them and, in fact, dominated them in categories that you thought Philadelphia would run away with. They won the rebounding battle 49-42, to didn't quite run away with that, but they did run away with points in the paint. That was a 52-34 to advantage. One could say that, well, hopefully that was the case considering the way that the Hornets shot the three ball, but at the other end of the day, at the other side, Philadelphia didn't shoot the three ball very much better. They shot 31% compared to just 27% from Charlotte. So those two kind of canceled each other out. The other thing that I really was happy with in last night's game, Sam, was the bench points by the Hornets in the first half. And I know I kind of zeroed in on that a little bit more than just overall general bench points because, well, when the majority of the bench is playing in the second half, the bench points are obviously going to be higher. Charlotte finishes the game with 56 bench points. In the first half, though, Charlotte had 27 of those. And that's what you're going to need when the injuries are piling up a little bit and you're going to have to call into those guys that are in the reserves that might not see as many meaningful minutes as they normally do. That's really promising that they're able to show up and step up when they are needed to. Yeah, for sure. And to touch on the physicality real quick, I thought, you know, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, you're playing a very, very physical team. And I think the way Coach Clifford's mindset is right now is if you want to compete with these teams like Philadelphia, like a Boston, like a Milwaukee, and and, and talking about the 76ers in particular, a team that Charlotte has had a lot of trouble with the past few years, it goes back to the physicality. It goes back to 
you know, making things more difficult for Joel Embiid and guys like that, the P.J. Tuckers, the Tobias Harris's. So I thought it was pretty good. I think it's obviously something they need to kind of continue working on. And this is kind of, this has been an issue, not an issue necessarily, but something that has been kind of an area of needs improvement. I think in recent years, just getting better that, you know, they were kind of at the bottom of the standings and the defensive rebounding last year. A lot of that comes down to physicality. So um, I think for the most part, it's getting better. It's just, you know, one of those things that you kind of see it and it's like, okay, we've making progress and we still need to go a little bit further. And then talk about the bench points. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I think, you know, kind of, you know, preseason's always kind of a, an interesting time because you're playing different lineups and you're playing lineups that you'll never see in the regular season necessarily. Um, and, and guys are playing in different playing groups they might not necessarily be in. And, and you're playing with guys that are in the rotation, not in the rotation. But I thought for the most part, you know, every guy that came in off the bench at some point this preseason has had a couple good stretches and, and gotten some baskets and, and made some good play to have something to build on. And it's also, again, like we've mentioned, areas of, of improvement as well. But yeah, really good. I think you can kind of walk away from this preseason and, and definitively, definitively you've gotten better over these five games, but there's also you can look at a lot of areas and say, okay, this is where we need to address. This is where we need to get better and start really kind of taking step forwards and making progress in. Hornets fall last night 99-94 to in Philadelphia. Charlotte finishes preseason 0-5, but again, doesn't really matter a whole lot. So with that said, it is a loss. We do have to get into our silver linings. So Sam Perley, as the guest of honor, I will defer to you first. Who is your silver lining from last night's game? Yeah, I'm going to take the easy way out and go with Gordon Hayward. I thought he looked really, really good. He got 24 minutes out of him, 16 points, 6 of 10 shooting, tied to the team lead in rebounds with seven, also had two assists and three blocks as well, which is also tied to the team lead too. So hit a couple of threes. What do you expect from Gordon? Very calm, controlled, efficient, methodical play. This was really, really good. Good to see he got his rhythm and timing back a little bit more. He hasn't had a whole lot of playing time in the preseason because of the knee the knee injury but he looks roaring to go and ready ready for opening night so hopefully he can kind of get more into rhythm these next few days but yeah I thought it was exactly what I expected to see from Gordon and it's good to see he got in there for a good amount of time I think he only played 12 minutes the other night so to double that against the 76ers was really really good Hayward picks the pocket of Tobias Harris charging down the paint rises up right hand lane is good a scoop and score for Gordon Hayward puts the Hornets' lead back to 10. 16 points for the former All-Star. The biggest thing for me, Sam, and you touched on it, was the minutes. We saw him play those 12 just the other day in Washington against Washington. Plays 24 last night against Philadelphia, so slowly ramping up to getting back up into game action because, again, we haven't seen full-blown Gordon Hayward in quite some time. So really promising to see him trending in the right direction again Probably won't see him for all 82 games. Coach Clifford's already made that a point of emphasis, so we'll see where he gets his rest days or his recovery days, whatever you want to call them, throughout the schedule and see where it is on a case-by-case basis. But good to see Gordon Hayward trending in the right direction. And after the game yesterday, Gordon said he's feeling pretty good. Felt pretty good tonight. Um, Felt like I was finding myself in better positions with my rhythm and timing. You know, it's a building building block, one to build on. Ready to get this thing going now. We have a lot to figure out, but I felt like we played better basketball today, and so we got a week here to get ready. Sam, you touched on it there too. Three blocks for Gordon Hayward as a team yesterday. The Hornets finished with a dozen, so that was really promising to see that the Hornets were taking care of the defensive paint in last night's contest. For me, my silver lining, I'm going to go with Cody Martin. First time we saw him in the preseason. First guy off the bench yesterday at the 529 mark of the first quarter. Comes in, ends up being a positive 
heavily in a plus minus at plus 13 eight points four seven from the floor he only plays 12 minutes but if that's any indicator compared to what Gordon did coming back from his injury maybe 12 minutes for Cody Martin last night maybe we'll see him get ramped up to 24 in the season opener next week against San Antonio or maybe we see him even go a little bit higher it will depend on see what coach Clifford wants to do speaking of coach Clifford he talked about Cody Martin after the game yesterday here's what he had to say on his return to the lineup yeah, I think both ends of the floor, you know, I mean, he, you know, he got to play, you know, 12 minutes in the first half, as did Kelly. You know, they both made a big difference, obviously. And, uh, you know, we had stretches of play with both those guys in the game that was really, really good. So, uh, again, that's, you know, having him back, he, look, he's good defensively for sure. He's also a very good offensive player. You know, decision-making, he moves the ball freely, plays well without the ball. So he helps us in all phases. Cody Martin returning to the lineup yesterday after missing the first four preseason games. So good to see the Hornets getting a little healthier because we might have to see more of Cody Martin as the Hornets might have to rely on him a little bit more moving forward after we got injury news on LaMelo Ball earlier this week. We'll talk about that next right here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rob Longo, Sam Purley of Hornets.com with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast presented by Senta. Of course, Hornets fall last night in Philadelphia, 99-94. to It's over. It's done with. The preseason is done with. We can wipe the slate clean and get ready for San Antonio on Wednesday. One of those guys that will not be ready for Wednesday, unfortunately, will be LaMelo Ball. We did get an injury update earlier in the week that LaMelo Ball came in for treatment, did not travel with the team to Philadelphia last night for the final preseason game, underwent some imaging, and what was revealed in the MRI confirmed the initial diagnosis of a left ankle sprain. Return to full basketball activities will be determined by his response to rehab and treatment, and further updates on his status will be provided as appropriate. So that's the latest on LaMelo Ball. We know he's going to miss some time. We're not going to speculate on how long that's going to look or when he might come back. We're not going to speculate on any of that. We're just going to hope LaMelo gets healthy in due time. He's fully ready to go 100% for whenever he is ready to return to the floor and is able to give it all because, again, LaMelo Ball does not have an off switch, so he's going to have to be 110% ready to go when it gets to that point. Sam, the one thing we want to talk about here on the Hornets Hivecast today, though, with that in regards is we saw Terry Rozier start at point guard yesterday, played pretty effectively, finishes with 27 minutes out there on the floor, 12 points, 4 of 11 from the field, did not shoot the three ball well, just 2 of 7 from beyond the arc, Finishes with four rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block. Only turned the ball over once, which is a big thing to look at, too, when Terry has the ball in his hands a little bit more than what he's used to. Again, obviously playing more of that two-guard than he is running point. We did see him run some point at times last year with that second unit, so it's not foreign territory for Terrence at all. We did see him record a triple-double last year as well. So this isn't foreign territory for Terry Rozier by any means. He's going to have to be looked upon a little bit more to lead this backcourt moving forward. My question to you, Sam, is though, who else can we expect to kind of fill in those minutes, fill in that void with the absence of LaMelo Ball? Yeah, to touch on Terry real quickly, I mean, you know, it's kind of sometimes you forget that when he first signed with Charlotte in 2019, he came in 
as a point guard. That was kind of the the plan, and then things happened, and Devontae Graham started playing so well, and they had to kind of shift things around in the starting lineup, and Terry moved to the two a little bit more. So uh, Terry played point guard, you know, most of his time up in Boston, too. So if there's anybody, you know, that's equipped to kind of handle this sort of adjustment with a mellow out of the lineup, I mean, is a fantastic option to have Terry Rozier. And like you said, you know, he played it a lot, kind of staggering into that second unit last year. I think now, obviously, when you move one guy from one position to another, it's going to create a little bit of a hole in the other there. So I would be expecting that the guys are going to, the Hornets are really, you know, overall, they're going to need everyone to step up, but specifically in that backcourt, I think you could see Terry starting at the one. You could use some combination of either Kelly or Cody Martin at the two. If you want to start Kelly, you could bring Cody off the bench to be kind of the primary ball handler with that second unit. And then this is an opportunity for James Booknight as well. You know, he came off a really solid performance last night, 11 points. He was three of six from three, uh, by far his best game of the preseason too. So it's going to open up a lot of, uh, or it's going to open up some minutes for, I would say specifically Terry at the one, Cody, Kelly Oubre, and James Booknight too, and Dennis Smith as well. He'll have an opportunity as well. So it's going to have to be a collective effort as well. Lamelo is so good and so talented that you can't just replace him with one guy. It's going to have to be a team effort. But I think these guys are up for the challenge. Sammy took the words right out of my mouth because my mind immediately went to this is a great opportunity for James Booknight. James Booknight, eight points in the fourth quarter. Follow a three from the corner is good. James Booknight, book it, drilling another Lowe's three-point shot. He had started 0 for 15 on the preseason. He's made three in a row. That kind of says it all right there with that call from Sam. But, again, it's one of those things for me that James just has simply not had a great preseason. That kind of epitomizes it right there. You know, 0 for from beyond the arc gets a little hot here. And after the game yesterday, Sam talked about how it's one of those things where maybe it's like a wide receiver in football where you just throw a one-yard pass out there just to get the ball in his hands, just to get that confidence up. Maybe that was the kind of game yesterday for James Booknight that he needs moving forward. And after the game, Coach Clifford talked about what James Booknight has in terms of potential and what he sees in him moving forward. You know what? I was happy for him that he made some shots. And the thing that he has to understand, I've talked to him about this twice now, is he wasn't able to have the summer that he wanted because of his injury. That's nobody's fault. So he's not in the place where he'd like to be. And he's just got to continue to work his way through it. He's a talented guy. And he has a chance to to have a terrific career. And I think help us this year. He's just got to keep working and competing. I mean, that's the way guys do it. Sam, when I look at this roster and the way that the lineup was constructed last night with the slew of injuries, you hope you get a guy like P.J. Washington back, obviously, sooner rather than later. You hope to have your full deck of cards, of course, but when it boils down to what the Hornets have left, you would hope P.J. Washington returns, and then that kind of gives you some flexibility with guys like Cody Martin and Kelly Oubre and even Gordon Hayward a little bit to move up and down the lineup, whether it's in the backcourt, frontcourt, midcourt, wing, whatever you want to call it. But all of a sudden, that Dennis Smith Jr. signing looks pretty good in terms of a depth signing that can come in and run some point for you as well. For me, the way that this kind of shapes out is, obviously Terry goes to the one, and then you have that flexibility with Kelly or Cody or whoever it might be at the two, and then coming off the bench, you got a reliable guy. You would hope that just getting over the hump from what was not a very good preseason to turning the corner into a promising regular season like we saw flashes of last year in James Booknight to kind of fill that void in the second unit at the two spot. 
Yeah, and there's going to be lots of options, like you said. Hopefully get as much or as many healthy players as possible for the regular season opener, and hopefully if they're not healthy then, they're not too far away. But, yeah, I think you've got some options here in the backcourt. I think Dennis is, you know, has really done a good job of kind of adjusting his role the last couple of years. He's kind of dealt with some injury issues and just, you know, varying environments. And he seems to be kind of rejuvenated here in Charlotte. I thought he's been – especially in that Washington game, was really, really good defensively on the ball. He's playing to his strengths right now. Not necessarily the guy he was coming into the league, taking tons of jump shots and three-pointers, but does a, I mean, he's got a nice little mid-range game, which we saw the other night, 3-7 of seven last night in, in Philadelphia, gets to the rim. I mean, he's still got a lot to offer this team, too. So they're going to have a lot of options, too. I'm really interested to see how this rotation kind of irons out for opening night how, you know, which direction uh, Coach Clifford goes. A lot of it's going to be contingent on who he has, but I think you got a lot of options in that backcourt, particularly with some ball-handling guys, too. So it's going to be fun to see how it plays out, and, you know, that's the one thing I kind of really love is you put, you got all this preseason games, you got all these practices, you got all this training camp stuff. Now it's time to kind of put the thing together and head into opening night, and you start seeing what works, what doesn't when you, you start doing it for real. It all tips off for real next week, next Wednesday at San Antonio. That will be the season opener for the Hornets taking on the Spurs in Texas. And then we'll come back home on Friday night, the following Friday, of course, that is October 21st, to take on the New Orleans Pelicans home opener. Get your tickets at Hornets.com or through the Hornets app. Of course, we have our best wishes to LaMelo Ball, hoping he's back, of course, a lot sooner rather than later. So we'll keep you monitored on all of that situation as well. One more segment to go here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. we got to talk about the league pass rankings and how the Hornets got hosed. I'm going to get mad. That comes your way next on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Rob Longo, Sam Perley putting a button on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. And we always love a little bit of fodder when it comes to rankings, whether that's power rankings, whether that's if you're going back into the archives and you're a longtime listener to the HHC, it's Sam Farber getting mad about the rookie ladder, which, again, at the end of the day, didn't really matter because LaMelo Ball won anyways. So we're just going to get a little bit up in arms here after the latest rankings that we've seen here on ESPN.com. Zach Lowe, of course, the ESPN senior writer, put out his annual league pass rankings. He only did teams 30 through 11, and this is in rankings of watchability and fun. So there's a little bit of an interesting criteria. Of course, this is a lighthearted piece. He doesn't mean anything crazy about it. So teams are scored on a scale of 1 to 10 in five categories. That is zeitgeist, which is when you talk about the team at parties, do people slink away from you? That's kind of funny. Highlight potential, does your team have a superstar? Style, what kind of game, what kind of style are they playing? League pass, minutia, which is little things that mean too much for the diehards, whether that's court designs, uniforms, announcers, that sort of things. Unintentional comedy, which would just be maybe a team is just playing so poorly that it's hilarious. So when it Came down to the rankings. Zach Lowe put down 30 through 11. And when you scroll through it, you don't have to go very far to find the Hornets, unfortunately. Zach Lowe ranks the Hornets 24th in 
the league past rankings, which I think is just absolute malarkey, if I have to say so myself. But I understand that it might not be the high-flying offense that we've seen last year just because of the different style that Steve Clifford brought in and that sort of stuff. Of course, LaMelo Ball, Eric Collins is always a great time. Kelly Oubre chucking up threes. JT Thor throwing down dunks. For me, this team is way, way, way better than 24th in the league pass rankings. Before I really dive into the weeds here, Sam, I just want to get your initial reaction. Hornets got hosed, right? Well, they're number one on my league pass rankings, and I know they're number one for you, and I would venture they're probably number one on Sam Farber's league pass rankings. So is that that's all that really matters, right? Sure, it can be. Yeah, as you know, anytime one of these lists or league ranking things come out, I think you and, and Sam are... are are good to kind of get the uh, the reaction out of it, the emotion. I'm kind of the more passive. It does, these things, you know, they're fun, but I don't think that stuff really matters. You know, overall, I think, like you said, it's a lighthearted piece. Do I think this should be higher? Yes. But you know, I thought it was interesting when we, we decided we we're going to talk about this topic. You know, I was curious to see where the rankings were last year. If there was anybody that, you know, Zach Lowe said was going to be lower on the the totem pole and ended up being a really fun team to watch last year. So that's kind of in, in the best example I could find is last year he had the Cleveland Cavaliers at 29th. And a lot of it was talking about Colin Sexton and his play and could he take a jump. And the Cavaliers turned out to be one of the most surprising teams in the league last year. You know, really, really good defensive, really fun to watch with Evan Mobley. Uh, they ended up making, I think, the play-in, probably would have made the playoffs if not for some injuries. He's got them all the way up to, I think, 12th this year, too. So it's crazy how much things can jump in a year. You never really know who's going to pop and who's going to make a team exciting. So overall, the number one in my league pass rankings, that's all that matters. Maybe that's just like what Terry Rozier said a couple of days ago about how they just hope that the rest of the league has the Hornets flying under their radar so they can kind of not quite catch them by surprise, but don't have that target on their back that some of the bigger teams have, like Milwaukee, like Miami, and whatnot. So I'm going to throw out a couple of teams ahead of the Hornets, and I have to hear you pick up one team that you think the Hornets are clearly ahead of. Of course, we'll take off our purple and teal glasses as much as we can and kind of look at this through an even lens. But at 23, Zach Lowe has the New York Knicks. Kind of understand it. 22nd, he has the Houston Rockets. Kind of understand what their young core, like Jalen Green. 21st, Sacramento Kings. Okay. 20th, Miami Heats. Interesting. 19th, Portland Trail Blazers. And I'll go down to 18th with the Chicago Bulls. So among those teams, Sam, who would you replace or put the Hornets ahead of? Would it be the Bulls, the Trail Blazers, the Heat, the Kings, the Knicks? Those are your choices. I put them ahead of all of them because they're number one in my heart. I agree. Uh, I have to pick one of those teams specifically. I mean, so much of this fluctuates too. I'm kind of a league pass junkie, and a lot of it depends on you know matchups and who's playing, and you know if certain guys are available. So assuming everyone's healthy and everyone's roaring to go, I'd probably put them over the Knicks. I think we see the Knicks a lot on TV. It's not really a team I'm going to seek out on league pass to watch. I mean, it seems like they're constantly on. They're kind of been, you know, you get enough fill of the Knicks, so. In uh, from a more technical standpoint, not necessarily searching them out on league passes. See them all the time, too. So I'll put them over the Knicks right now. There's so much good basketball in the NBA, too, though. You can't go wrong with the you know who you're searching out on league pass. But I'll take the easy route out. Put, the, put them ahead of the Knicks for me, for sure. For me, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be a grumpy old man. What the heck? So I'm just going to say Portland. Trailblazers, I know they got Damian Lillard. He's a great player. He's awesome to watch. But then after, after that, I mean, who else? I'm, I know who Portland has. I know they have Josh Hart and Anthony Simons and 
Gary Payton II signed with them in the offseason and stuff like that. I understand that they have a fun team and they have a great dynamic with a player like Damian Lillard, but as a grumpy old man, East Coast bias, whatever you want to call it, I'm not going to stay up until 1030 at night to watch Portland play, I don't know, Sacramento, Oklahoma City. I'm not going to sit up and watch that. I'm not, I understand that I'm supposed to be a basketball junkie, but I like my sleep too. So I'm not going to sit there on an off night and seek out Portland on my league pass. I'll sit here and watch an East Coast game. Maybe if Portland comes to the East Coast and they make their East Coast swing, then I'll pick up the TV and I'll watch Damian Lillard. Or of course, I'll watch him here when they come to Spectrum Center and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, we can pick every single team that's ahead of the Hornets at 24 and say that they're all better league pass options. But in reality, I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers. So again, that's my old man gripe for the day. That's my that's my airing of grievances, if you will, on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We haven't done this in a while. Doesn't it feel good, Sam? Yeah, it feels good. We'll have to get Sam's. I know he'll have a lot to say on this. He's traveling back. We'll have to rehash this topic on the next one and get his. You can probably fill up a whole episode, too. I didn't even, and you just brought this up, I didn't even factor sort of the time zone things. Is You know, am I going to be wanting to be tuning into teams at 1030 at night? Sometimes I do come back from the Hornets game and kind of unwinding and you turn on league pass and see who's on, too. So I didn't even factor sort of the time differential and things like that, too. So I'll still go Knicks, though, but gave me a little bit more food for thought. They're all terrible. The Hornets are the best. End of story. Of course, we're going to say that. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Big thank you to Sam Perley of Hornets.com for hopping on here as well. We're going to take a few days off, get ready for the regular season. We'll have a lot of season previews. We'll have a sit-down with head coach Steve Clifford. Sam Farber will have that with you here in the upcoming days. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled for that one as well. For Sam Perley, I'm Rob Longo saying thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We'll see you next time right here on EHHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.